Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. So this week's episode is with one of my actual favorite people, Bethany Ricks. Bethany is a gifted writer. She is the author of An Inconvenient Journey. And today we're having a really candid conversation about the valleys and the hard times and how God is faithful to walk through them with us no matter how long they are and the tools that he uses to to walk us through difficult seasons. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Hey, okay, before we get into today's show, I have to tell you about this amazing prayer journal I just received from my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson. If you are in a season of waiting or transition, you're trying to make a big decision, or you're just struggling to trust God with your future, this prayer journal is for you. It's called the Between Places, 100 Days to Trust in God When You Don't Know What's Next. And it's available now at smaywilsonshop.com. And actually, Stephanie put together a special discount just for my listeners. So you can pick up a copy of Between the Places at smaywilsonshop.com and use the promo code podcast for 15% off. Okay, now on to today's show. Bethany, what's up? Welcome to the show. So, so happy to be here. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we got to right out the gate. We just have to right. like tell people what is is going down. Bethany is one of my closest friends uh, and a fellow Enneagram 8. And so there's just, there's really anything could happen. Anything. Between now and the next 30 to 45 minutes. We, we know what you're here to talk about, but I yep. just would not be surprised if we ended up going completely off the rails and it's we're gonna we're just gonna try not to laugh the whole time because we've already had to take multiple we can do this we can Mm -hmm. get through Mm -hmm. this we are professionals both of us are professionals so this may sound more like a sister chat than an interview and I'm here for that so I almost don't have words which is saying something for how proud of you I am Oh, thank um, you. Are we going to have a moment? Like right we're gonna here? We're going to have a moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I get to introduce you as an author. Oh. Like by I the time it. this is on the air, your book yeah. is out. Yeah. You are the author of An Inconvenient Journey. Holy crap balls. I can't believe it. I'm just. I can't either. In awe. I, I'm just in awe of how I got here, the fact that I'm talking to you about a book that, you know, I wrote in basically birth on my own. Mm-hmm. It's Oh, a hundred percent. It's a little too much to take in um, yeah. at the moment, but I'll be fine. Don't worry. It's, it be will fine. be by the, it's fine. So I want, can you t- tell us about the book? Tell us, tell us about the book. So the book uh, in short, it's basically an intimate story about how I waded through my valley, and it's a collection of thoughts, some of them in poetic form, but others are not, um, 
about the rawness of my healing. Uh, I'll use some strong words, despair, my anger, as I really tried to rebuild myself mm-hmm. back up again after going through some pretty traumatic experiences, one being uh, a divorce. I was married for 10 years. And that's basically what, what the book is. It starts off pretty intense, but then ends on what I would say a high note. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how, that's how hard things happen is mm-hmm. you know, there's that flashbang moment of this like searing pain and yeah it does get less painful and hard and violent as you go but yeah it it's it's got to get ugly before it gets better I I feel like but no one wants to talk about that well exactly and that's essentially what we're we're here to talk about today because one of the words that you use to describe your book and describe your journey is trauma, which I think is appropriate. And I think that pretty much everyone consciously or subconsciously has experienced trauma in some form. I I personally don't think that trauma has like a qualifier. I don't think it's like a, my trauma is worse than your trauma is better than your trauma situation. Um, But as I've been, you know, reading your words, because you're my favorite writer, and oh, thank you. taking all of that in, what amazes me is exactly what you just said, that more people don't talk about it. It's the, it's the shame that's associated. Do you think that's what it is? I think it is. I mean, at least for me, I didn't even know the word shame when I started mm-hmm. on this journey. And yeah. when I started hearing it, I had a very negative reaction. So my yeah. back kind of went straight and mm-hmm. it was like, shame, what are you, what? who are you talking to? I have, right. I have nothing to be, um, I have nothing to be shameful about. I don't own any of this. I didn't do anything wrong. Take that garbage somewhere else. Even the word trauma um, mm-hmm. was very jarring to me to put words behind the pain, which yeah. is a little bit of what suffocated my journey and my healing is because I wasn't to a place where I would put words behind my pain and my Mm. hurt. I was just like, you know what? I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm going to pray about it. God's a genie. It'll go away tomorrow. (laughs) Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Right. Nothing to see here. Look away. Look away. There's nothing to see. So you say that about shame and I totally, I can totally see how trauma and pain would kind of almost like what's the word I'm looking for present itself that way. Uh And I think for me, the reason that I didn't talk about my trauma for so long was fear. It was like a fear of being seen differently of being people feeling like I was a burden because Mm -hmm. I had like junk to talk about, which essentially is like a kissing cousin to shame. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's like, everybody has stuff. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care the things that you have, how long you've been walking with Christ. Let's put it out there. Everybody has stuff. Everybody's Mm -hmm. been through something significant. So for anyone to make the assumption, and I'm raising my hand, I was one of those people. Absolutely. That being, having shame meant that I was inadequate or that I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like that math doesn't really work. And that maybe I was a participant 
in what I was experiencing or I wanted um, what was happening to me or I didn't do enough. That's where that shame showed up for me. Like maybe I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe people are going to hear about what happened to me or hear my story and start to judge me and go, mm-hmm. well, you know, if you'd done this, if you'd done that. And I think that's how it also can manifest itself for sure. Well, and it, you know, that brings up an interesting point of, of how other people react to your trauma. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes those comments you were just saying are well-intentioned. Oh, They're saying, sure. yeah. well, what if you da-da-da? Or could you have da-da-da? And it's such a, it, God, it's such a balance. It's such a balanced scale to strike. Because you don't want to say, no one can ever give me any, well, I do say that. No one can ever <laughs> give me any life advice ever. <laughs> Don't tell me what I already know. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. But we also have to weigh our words really intentionally, especially in these kinds of situations, because it's exactly what you said, where that those sentences to you can all they it can be all they're accomplishing. It's heaping on shame on top of shame that you're already struggling with. Yes. And for me, timing was everything. So yes, if I go back 24 months or so, um, I was not in a place. One, I wasn't even acknowledging that I needed healing and that I literally had an infection. Like mm-hmm. the womb was so deep. It was like eight years deep. Mm-hmm. And I had an infection that was not going to be healed overnight. So the timing of even me talking about what I had been through, what I was going through emotionally, just wasn't right. Um, And sometimes people try to accelerate their healing by talking about things before it's time to talk about it Hmm. and before they talk to God about it. So then there's that like, well, I'm going to talk to everybody else, but I'm not going to seek his face. I'm not going to try and understand what I'm supposed to take out of the valley. I'm just going to like shoot off all the things and then what you get back in return sometimes is garbage and it will stifle your progression forward. And that's with anybody. Yeah. And it can be, like I said, well-intentioned garbage. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like I'm I'm trying to give the other person a lot of like grace here because do I think that there are people out there who encounter trauma and are, you're the problem you could have done this differently yes I know that those people exist but I do not think that it is the majority I think that people don't know how like just like we don't know how to wade through trauma people don't know how to wade through it with others I agree and so I love what you said about the timing and and trying to accelerate that process because I've done I have done that I have done the, I want this to be over. I want to yeah, not feel the things anymore. So what do we got to do? Do yeah. I have to start just talking about it? Like everything is fine because I'll do whatever I got to do to get out of this situation. I will Need do to keep it. it moving. Yeah, exactly. And the fact, like the reality is that healing isn't linear. It's no, never it's linear. And so the sooner you dump all your junk at the feet of the world, mm-hmm. the sooner everybody gets to trample all over it and tell you what they think about it and pick up pieces of it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I totally agree with that, that take it to God, take it to counseling, like go to yes. therapy. That was therapy. <laughs> well, I did not, again, the free dope, I was not yeah. a therapy. I was kind of like, I, I got it. 
I like, there's right. no one smarter than me about myself. I can manage my life. I can manage my emotions. It's fine. Again, nothing to see here. <laughs> it's like nothing at all. But there were, there were prayers that I was praying. Um, but what God really wanted for me was a deep healing and I needed to put words behind it so I could speak out what I really wanted. So Amen. yeah, I wanted accelerated healing, but that's because I didn't want to look at myself and I didn't want to deal with my stuff. Exactly. And what therapy did for me is made me slow all the way down mm. and like, just unpack the luggage. We'll start yeah. with the carry on. Like, we don't need to pull the bag that you use for a two-week vacation. Let's just start with the carry-on in your purse. Yeah. Yep. Let's start there. Um, and that was, even then, going through that, I, you know, it raised up my trust issues. It really brought to the surface my anger towards God. So that kind of bubbled to the top. and like, oh. oh that's cute. God and I got to be. Like, I have a real <laughs> issue with the fact that my valley was eight years Mm -hmm. Um, can we talk about it? No, we're not going to talk about it. Okay. That's, that's fine. Um, but all of that kind of started bubbling to the surface, which was also very jarring for me too. But again, yeah, you got to unpack it all. Right. Well, and, and that's the problem with that accelerated healing is it may look on the outside for a hot second, like everything is better, but holy crap, then yeah. a, a dink gets hit in your armor and the whole thing falls apart exactly. and it's because you've never peeled back the layers of I will never forget my first therapy appointment thinking this is why I was going I'm going yeah. for this and then finding out two weeks later <laughs> no that's not why I'm in therapy yeah. no, we haven't even like we don't even talk about that that's not the problem we're talking about when I was seven years old yeah. You know, and all these like deep-seated childhood problems that yeah, exactly. manifest themselves now. But, and, and I say that laughingly, but the reality is, is that if, if I had tried to tread through all of that alone without talking to a counselor and talking to like my closest and most trusted people, you know, I would have gotten to, gosh, if, if I, you know, I, if I think back to my, my most traumatic experiences, it's, I had a really traumatic relationship and then Pacey almost dying are the, yeah. are the two, you know, and after Pacey's episode, I didn't go to counseling for like six months because I was fine. Hard yeah. air quotes on that one, you know, <laughs> until I was laid out on my bathroom floor in like panic attack number four for the day looking around going what what is going on why am I not okay I was fine but I but I had never been fine but you I'd were been, like putting a cap on a freaking coke bottle with 10 mentos in the bottom yeah just praying that I could keep a lid on it yeah and I mean the other the other piece about I'm gonna go I'm gonna go here I'm, Do I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going in the other piece about therapy is there is this negative connotation in the church. Oh my where God. It's well, if you were praying hard enough, mm, if no one may say it. Yeah. If your faith were deep enough, if your faith were strong and no one's going to say that out loud, but it's a little bit of that, or maybe they will, I don't know, but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe they will, but there is this little bit of, 
are you praying hard enough? Are you fasting enough? Are you seeking the Lord's face? And it's like, secret sin that you're not like bringing, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing, you know, to light. And it really has, for me, it had a very significant place for me in parallel with building my relationship back up with God, because I was still a woman of God. Um, and going to church and doing all the things but on the inside i was hopeless and i was angry and um i i had forgotten who god was i had forgotten that he was the way maker the beginning and the end um the peacekeeper my ever-present help i had forgotten all of that mm-hmm. and for me that's something that i really needed especially with my personality his personality has a lot to do with it too. And yes, I'm kind of a, I'm a leader, I'm in the forefront. And I had also fallen into this illusion of, I have this success in my life. I have the two kids and the dog. So I have 2.5. Mm-hmm. I have this amazing career. I'm married. I'm in this volatile kind of relationship, but no one knows because I have to maintain the appearance, which is a mm-hmm. pressure I put on myself trying to kind of appease what other people thought I had going on. And that also um, crippled me. And I I had to work all that out. And God was not going to be a genie. He he knew what I needed to take out of the valley. And I can say that now. Slow down. Slow down and unpack all the luggage. Right. Now I can be very joyous and happy. But at the time, I was not at all no and eight years is a long freaking time i mean that's a that's a really long time to trudge through a valley and carry pain you know and Mm -hmm. that is like that's trauma because that leaves open wounds that turn into scars that freaking reopen and you're like wait i thought this one was fine what why the, are we still talking what, about this? Right. Yeah. Why why am I crying on the couch talking about something that we closed we closed up shop four months ago on this? You know what yeah. I mean? Which yeah. I feel like I feel like my audience will appreciate that I am the white version of you. <laughs> we so are they, so twins. God, we're we so much so alike. Twins. So we if people so n- are trying to wrap their minds around who you are. I kind of need to intro you that way and I forgot. That's fine. It's fine. That we're so much alike, which is why we get along so well, because we can look at one another and go, no. Mm, Yeah, no. That's not it. That's not it. That's so not it. That's so not it. No, I agree with that. We are twins for sure. You grew up in the church. I did. My father is a minister. He became a minister when I was like five. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started out of his house, but he was also, he also worked in business and he did both. And I think it was my sophomore year in college. Um, he stepped away from business. He did mm-hmm. ministry the full time, um, the entire time, but which is probably where I get my very strong drive from is, mm-hmm. you know, my father, but he's continued to, um, be a minister and, you know, yeah. preaches across the world. So do you feel like you're spending your most of your life in the church impacted your capacity to walk into therapy? Not necessarily like blaming it on your 
parents, your no, father, no, no. but just I mean, in general, I, that culture. For sure. I I think until the church and and what I mean by the church, I'm not even talking about the brick and mortar. I'm talking about the people that make up the, yeah, body, the body of Christ. Yeah. Until people like you and I start saying, hey guys, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And you, like, you're not going to be missing out on any of the things when you go to heaven. Like Jesus is not going to look at oh you and God. go, you know what, Blake? so happy you're here but what i want to talk about is why you went to therapy like i don't i think i multiple prescription medications to get through the yeah like Like, i just we're gonna list it like that's we're gonna sit down and talk about it but i think Um, that like we're laughing about it but i think that there are people that that is their hang-up i get jesus should have been enough yeah i get dms all the time around i'm so glad that you are acknowledging that you went to therapy and i'm like well hopefully this helps you because it's what I needed. And I used to be on the other side of that. Not because I felt like, I'm going to say it this way, but you'll understand what I mean. Not because I felt like, oh, Christ is enough. For me, I didn't do therapy because of pride. Absolutely. It was like, I got, I got this. Yeah. Like, what do you like? Don't come here with that. I'm going to read my devotional. I'm (laughs) going to go for a run. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do like a 24 hour fast with prayer and I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship and it'll be fine. And everything will be can fine. We just, can we take a moment for that? You might, we may still default to that sometimes. <laughs> yes. While yes. we're still going to counseling. Like, yes, I think there's still a place think that we both. can pull it together. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a place for rigorous hikes on a vacation and, you know, also therapy. Yes. I love you so much. (laughs) But we have to get to a place where people are comfortable, ministers are comfortable, people Mm -hmm. with microphones and platforms are comfortable saying, you know what, I got stuff. Mm -hmm. And stuff doesn't always mean sin either, because that's sometimes where people go. When, and a lot of times my, my mouth was locked because I didn't necessarily want to get into the detail because I'm super private, but I'm like, if I start talking about this, they're going to be like, okay, well, what did you do wrong? What sin is in your life? Turn it around. There, there doesn't have to be sin Mm -hmm. to have feelings of hopelessness or despair or Mm -hmm. to, you know, because something traumatic happened to you. That doesn't have, that doesn't have to be there. That math, that doesn't really add up. Um, but we have to talk about that more. Well, and I think that there's a, a movement in Christian culture to for personal responsibility, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is good. I think that there, there can be this shifting of sin onto, you know, kind of like the, the youth group modesty conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that it's someone else's responsibility to make sure that you don't sin. Um, and so I think that we kind of swing on that pendulum back to personal responsibility, which, like I yeah. said, I think is very important, but it can disqualify the situations where you can sit on the couch and say with a straight face with all the confidence in the world. No, he did this to me. Yes. Like this is because of him and yes. his sin and his crap. Yes. And I need you to help me work that out. But first I need us to agree that I, I had nothing to do with it. 
that totally, yes. him and his sin brought this in or her depending on or her name. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i'm I'm try- like in our specific situations with him but i think that that I think that there are a lot of people that don't go into that situation because of that exact fear that you're saying of that they're going to have it turned back around on them. And I think that there are probably counselors out there that do that. So no, for sure. yes, because not every know. counselor is good. And, you know, you kind of have to suss through who's right for you. But the other piece of what I learned throughout this journey, which was, you know, no pun intended, quite inconvenient. Um, <laughs> was the attack for me was on muzzling my mouth. Mm. So the shame and not talking about it was that that muzzled me and kept me from really being able to move forward because I wasn't willing to talk about it. And you cannot heal from something that you're not willing to acknowledge or talk about. Amen. It'll just, it'll just sit there and fester. Absolutely. And, it'll and that doesn't effective. mean like this, like, I don't mean you have to go talk about your crap on a national podcast <laughs> i mean you can if you want I mean, to you i do it all the time but <laughs> like if you are unwilling to talk about it in a safe legally protected situation right you really you are you're completely gonna separate yourself from the opportunity to heal and find hope and and free yourself up from that stuff and i think so what what helped you jump? How did you jump that hurdle? Uh, I literally had no hope. Mm. I was, I remember I was in my bed bawling my eyes out and I'm not a really big crier, which there's nothing wrong with crying. Nope. Nope. Cry, cry all you want. I was more of a, in the closet, in the shower crier. Yeah. Um, and I was like bawling my eyes out and I was just like, God, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like I'm done. I can't, do this anymore. I can't carry the weight anymore. I I can't see around the corner. So once I relinquished to him the control, mm. that provided um, for me, how do I want to say it? Um, that surrender, that surrenderance kind of provided a place for me to hear and see how God was showing up. Mm-hmm. And also how he was leading me because I was so blinded by the hurt I was so blinded by one blow after another after another after another um and I was so caught up in what had happened to me and what was happening to me I couldn't see and so in that moment of basically crying out at one o'clock in the morning and the first thing that came to me was I was listening to uh Chelsea Handler's podcast the week prior and they did a clip for better help. Mm. A week later, I'm like crying and I was like, I got to try something else. And that's what came mm-hmm. to mind, which I totally believe was God. And I signed up at two in the morning. The therapist responded within 30 minutes. And that was kind of the, the journey that I went on, which was yeah, a, a very... I mean, I was going every week for an hour. For a long time. For a long time. And it was, and I would, and I started off with, am I done yet? Like, yeah. Are we done yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah. But those discussions when I would get in my car, 
um, or if it were on the phone, opened me up even more each time to really hear from God. And that didn't mean that I wasn't praying and, you know, ha- building, rebuilding my relationship with him. And when I say rebuilding, when I say I was upset with God, we were wrestling mm-hmm. because I did not understand and could not conceptualize why in the world do you like, why am I still in this? Mm-hmm. Like you released me, my husband filed for divorce. We're, 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 we're divorce is final. Like, why is what is all this stuff? Why am I still battling? Why do I still yeah. have situations occurring? And it was just, um, it was really a struggle for me. But each time, it created a tenderness and a softness in me, and God showed up right there. Yeah. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. Okay, so you know how I'm a huge fan of counseling, right? Well, I recently started working with a counselor at Faithful Counseling, and I knew I had to tell you about it. Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling network, and it's an incredible solution for people looking to find the help they need. I found the sign-up process to be really straightforward. You answer some questions, and you get matched with a counselor all within 24 hours. After that, you can log into your account at any time and message your counselor, plus scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. The extra bonus is that I found it to be really affordable, and they've extended a discount of 10% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian to join the other 500,000 people, myself included, who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Head to getfaithful.com slash Christian for 10% off your first month and to get started. I think so many people have to get there, like essentially rock bottom uh-huh. before they are willing to reach out and ask for help. I would love to usher people away from that. And I think that <laughs> you and I hopefully sharing our stories publicly do that. Like, yeah. hey, 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 oh. Well, that's about to hurt real bad. Why don't you go? Get, let's go counseling therapy. Yeah, let's let, yeah. let's go talk do something to different. Go talk yeah, to go pastor, talk. something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Something. And, and it, that's I don't mean that in a judge like a judgmental. Oh, you're about to hurt yourself. Like because I've done it and you've yeah. done it. Like I've done yeah. the rock bottom can't function. God, I don't know what I believe about you anymore, but it's not good. Yeah, you know I've done that, and we talk about this a ton on the show that I love that you said that you were, you were wrestling with God. I often say that I I grapple with God that I think we have such an aversion as believers to doing even that, that, you know, let's, let's take, let's take counseling. Let's take bringing somebody else out of the conversation. Let's talk about just slowing down with you and God. Like we need that to be really neat and pretty and perfect and presentable. And like what good relationship doesn't have a couple of like that yeah knock like, down drag you outs. need a couple of knock knockout drag outs like for sure and i i had gotten to a point where i was like okay i'm no longer in the middle of my valley like mm-hmm. i can see the mountain like i'm coming out and i was praying one day because uh, i'm hard-headed like i'll acknowledge who i am and god knows who i am so i don't always listen the first time um and i was like God, why don't I have peace? 
Hmm. Things were kind of starting to get into a rhythm. Things were going well. Like I was writing this little thing on the side. Career is fine. Babies are healthy. Like, okay, great. I'm going to retire when I'm 55. I'm going to get a vacation home. Everything's fine now. I can take care of my babies. Um, And I was like, why don't I have peace? Like, what's really good? Like, can we Mm. talk about it, God? And he goes, you will not have peace beyond understanding until you are fully aligned with your purpose. Mm. I was like, oh, well, um, okay. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. So, because I didn't ask, (laughs) well, what's my... Some people would go, right. well, what's my purpose? Where um, are you guiding me? Where, where is where this you, going? Like, where is this going? And I am someone who has an avert. I, I am a natural leader, but I am a reluctant leader because I understand the burden and the weight that comes with it. So I already knew what he was going to say. And I was like, you know what? No, thanks. I don't want that. Put it back. That's fine. I'll just settle <laughs> for this, like this piece I have right here. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need mm-hmm. anything deeper. I don't need the rest but of That's it. the type of conversations that people really should understand that they can't have with God. And I wrestled with him for a long time around my purpose and what he wants me to do with my life and even my Instagram platform. And he knows me well enough to to know that 24 months ago, he couldn't tell me that I was writing a book and I had no idea. Amen. Exactly. I I was literally on my Peloton bike during COVID getting ready for a meeting with my publisher who had been waiting for seven months for some sort of concept. And I'm riding on my bike and God goes, and I'm like, what am I going to write about? Cause I believe I can write about anything. Like what's the concept? What's the idea? And God was like, um, the book's already written. It was like, I'm sorry. Come mm-hmm. again. I didn't, I kept pedaling. He's like, no, yeah. the book's already written. Like, it's fine. Stop praying about it. I had no idea. Like, stop. Like, let's literally. What he, yeah. he's like, stop praying about it. Like, well, stop you, talking about it. Go do it. Yeah, it's already. You already wrote it. And I went to my mm-hmm. idea account, and all of the stories and inserts had been written over twenty-four months, embedded in my ID, and I had no idea. Like, I obviously wrote them, but I didn't. I didn't see how he was weaving together my tears. I didn't see it when it was happening. Had no idea. There it is. See, see, isn't he faithful? He's so faithful. And, but you, even with all your stubbornness and all your hard headedness, you received that. Yeah. And now you, you have a book in the world, you know? And so like, cool. Yeah. That is just proof to me that you can wrestle with God. Like, I think people think that you wrestling with God is a bad thing mm-hmm. and it's not I'm not talking about like I mean maybe sometimes you need to be a jerk whatever get it out of your system yeah wrestling with God isn't like defy I'm not saying you're defying him or you're no, 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 no. you know because uh, I've been super open in this space about that there was a time that I didn't want to do this anymore yeah it was too hard to show up and be authentic mm-hmm. and be vulnerable and put a target on my back and I was tired of it I didn't want to do it anymore and God and I threw down yeah. about this. And I think that that somehow gets a connotation of, I was like, nah, no, I don't want to do it. You know, no. no, it was me like laying on my face saying, I want to choose obedience, but this is hard. Can you help yeah. me? Yes. That's exactly what it is. 
And sometimes and it is a little bit of the hard headed and exactly, but not, he can all, take but not that. all the time. He can no. t- like we act like God is this fragile human exactly that is dictate that is dictated by his feelings. And no, mm, like he is no. not like us. Feelings are fickle. And I don't want to say they're not real, but how I felt this morning, I feel very different right now. God is Amen. consistent. And so mm-hmm. in the consistency, we should trust the wrestling because he's going to keep, he's going to keep showing up, right? Just he's, I, this is who I am. The same I am that I is. am. The same person, like the same God every single day. It's us that, you know, we swing right. from But at the same time, right. he's not, I choose to believe that he's not rolling his eyes. Come on, get it together. Why are I we mean, still talking could, about this? He, he could be. He could be with me on like maybe a little bit after the fifth, <laughs> after the fifty, like after the fiftieth time. Like you know what? I've already yeah. told you. And the fa- but, but I'm I talking think about that like in the wrestle. The I'm yes. talking about like in the wrestle, in the depth of like you're trying to figure it out and find what he is saying and, and choose yes. obedience in that. I honestly. <laughs> I should not speak for God, but I kind of see him like, come on, let's go. Yeah. Like, oh, you no. want to throw he's down? Roll, let's go. He's rolling, like, he's rolling yeah. his sleeves up. He's All right, girl. Like, I'm going to put the coffee down and let's, like, let's, let's do go. Yeah. And, and that, well, and I've learned that while God is the same and he never changes, we yeah. experience him so differently. You and I yeah. experience God the same. Yeah. You and I experience a mildly sarcastic, let's throw down. But that's what we need. Because that's what we need. We experience a very blunt God. You know, I know that there are people listening that are like, wait, God rolls his sleeves up at me? Don't don't do that. Like, I don't need that. That's not what he's doing. Same God, different experience. Like, you're just experiencing, you know, what you need in the the wrestle and in the throwdown is for him to, like, hold you and remind you of truth and, and give you peace. Amen. That's what he's going to provide. Yes. If you need him to help you understand what's like what you're walking into because you're more of like the analytical understanding type you may not understand everything but I believe like God is not a God of confusion and he will help you you understand and walk into that so you know we're we're expressing our the way that we experience God you know which is I talk like I'm I God calls me like stupid like God's like hey (laughs) idiot like (laughs) can you stop doing that please yeah like like, can you not stop you know (laughs) but like I I respond to that like I need that in my life you know and so I think that that's another really important thing is allowing not putting God in a box not humanizing God like you were saying giving him our emotions but also allowing him the width and the breadth and the, the depth to be your God Yes. And not trying to control him. Cause that was my, I had to get over the, Oh, you don't want my participation. Mm. Like you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't need my, Oh, you don't need my help. Cause I thought maybe like, maybe if you just let me handle this. Cause I like, do you see what's happening? It's fine. You have a lot going on. There's a pandemic happening. Let me, let me handle this right here. I like I one. know how to handle it. And so really understanding that, no, I don't want your participation. I want your surrenderance. I want your willingness and I want your yes. 
That's what he told mm-hmm. me. He said, I want your yes. I don't want anything else. I just want you to say yes. And then operate in obedience. Mm. Anything outside of that, close your whole face. <laughs> don't, don't say anything else. Close, like, don't say anything else. I want yes. Whole face. Just close your yes. whole and entire shush. face. Shh. Shh. Stop it. Yep. That was, but I, you know, at the time, and I've, throughout this, you know, three year time period, God has shown up for me to your point of, you know, letting God be God. He has shown up for me in a lot of, different ways and in ways that I needed him when I am because I'm not gonna say like it's past tense when I am crying in my car or in my bedroom after the kids have gone to bed because I'm a single mother and I'm like I can't do this by myself Mm -hmm. he's not saying shut up get out of the bed right you know he's needing me right where I am um and he is a comforter and he is a friend and I have learned about relationship and friendship as my relationship with God has grown through my trauma and my healing. Amen. Like, oh, this is what a real friend feels like. Mm. And that, that just can't, I have wonderful friends and amazing family. But when you're coming out of a broken marriage, everything's in question. Absolutely. Trust, like I, everything's in question. And so in that relationship building with God, I'm like, okay, it is okay. There are Mm -hmm. safe spaces and I'm not alone. And I don't have to do this by myself. I don't have to fall into the strong woman stereotype. Like, no, I don't have to do that. Like there are people um, and there is a God who will love and surround me. And And I can um, be okay with that. Worth leaning into. Yes. Yeah. That's good. To wrap up. Yeah. Tell people where they can find and follow you on the things and where they can get a copy of the book. On the things. On the things. So my main platform I use is Instagram, which is my way um, underscore with words. So you can find me there. I also have a website, www.bethany, B-E-T-H-N-Y. I always have to spell it. Ricks. Oh, yeah. Uh, .com. There's no A. It was a sick joke my parents played on me when I was younger. People correct me even to this day. I'm almost 40. And they're like, do you realize that you wrote your name without an A? Like, I do. Thank you. (laughs) How it's spelled. Um, So BethanyRicks.com. Thanks, thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Um, And my book is on all platforms. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, Kindle, Kindle, Nook, all the things. All the things. All the I'm so excited for people to get their hands on it. It is out in the world now, so go get it. We're linking it in the show description. I'm sure it's obnoxiously been all over my Instagram at this point. <laughs> um, I just appreciate just, your support. I mean, can I just say, Blake is one of the people who back in December, I purposefully prayed for God to inject my life with strong women of God who are authentic and real. And like like out of thin air yeah and you're one of those people where it's like what was my life before you because i don't feel the same i don't really know like i I so i like talk all day and i'm like what did i what did i do before (laughs) like what what did i do before don't ever go back to your office because i know that's gonna be really sad anyway uh thank you so much for sharing your heart in your wisdom. I adore you. I know that everybody that got to listen to this adores you. 
uh, go follow Bethany on Instagram and all the things and go pick up a copy of the book. Bye. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.